0: Welcome to the Research Reimagine podcast, brought to you by Nottingham Trent University. I'm your host, Helen Darby-Dowman, and I'll be inviting some of NTU's brightest minds to explore how their research is helping us to deepen our understanding of the world. From online addictions, to transgender rights and sleep disorders. Listen as we discuss some of society's most pressing challenges, and uncover some of the ways our research is making a difference. Parkrun started in the UK almost 20 years ago, and is a worldwide phenomenon. More than 350,000 people take part in Parkrun events every week, from just a few months old to over 100 years of age. Parkrun's principles are simple. It's all about having fun and being positive and inclusive. And it works. Parkrun is a massive success story for the UK. But why do people keep going back and getting involved in their thousands week on week? We're joined today by self-described middle-of-the-pack runner, Dr. David Hindley, Principal Lecturer in in the School of Science and Technology here at NTU. David is here to tell us about his own experience and introduce his book, Parkrun, An Organised Running Revolution. Hi David, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you, thanks for inviting me.
0: Um, Can we start by telling us a bit about where Parkrun came from?
1: Parkrun, I guess, began with very humble kind of origins. So it It could be traced back to October 2004 and principally it was a running event for runners. So it was based in Bushy Park, which is in southwest London, um, and involved um, 13 runners in total. Um, And it was a five kilometre time trial Um, and it was very kind of low key, sort of low fi. So they had... um, tokens for the finishers, which were hand punch steel washers. Um, none of the people involved in the event had got any kind of permission, official permission from um, the, the kind of local authority or the kind of the park um, itself. Um, so in essence, it was, yeah, very, um, yeah, kind of low key, very kind of informal. Um, and it was um, an, a, a timed event for principally, as I say, for kind of runners with a couple of kind of volunteers. But where it kind of came from, I guess, is a bit more kind of nuanced. So it is the kind of brainchild of of Paul Sinton Hewitt. Um, And he grew up in South Africa. um, And in his native Johannesburg, they had a number of um, kind of running clubs. And one of the characteristics of these running clubs was to have um, kind of running events where one of the main purposes of the event was actually the bit that came afterwards, the kind of running became secondary. So it was about the social interactions that you'd have with the kind of the runners afterwards. Um, and really then that's, that was his kind of idea for, for kind of park run, this initial kind of time trial in, in kind of Bushy Park, that it was as much about the social interactions, the kind of community that would be kind of formed after the kind of the running event, as it was about the, the actual time, time trial, the kind of five kilometer run itself.
0: So, I mean, in your book, you explain what attracts people to Park Run or, or events like Park Run. What was it about Park Run that inspired you to do the research and write the book?
1: One of the reasons why I was interested in exploring Park Run itself, um, in many ways, I guess, is, is to my kind of background. Um, so, I am a, a kind of, as described, sort of self described middle of the pack runner. So, very mediocre, very untalented kind of runner. Um, and I am a park runner. And I really enjoy kind of Parkrun. But professionally, I'm a sociologist. And I guess almost then by kind of trade, I'm also a kind of a sceptic or a kind of a cynic. So I was really interested in kind of unpicking or trying to kind of delve beneath the surface of kind of Parkrun. And I think in many ways, my initial kind of interest was in how Parkrun kind of framed itself as this kind of inclusive sort of family-like kind of community. Whereas my experiences as a kind of park runner, certainly in the kind of the early years, was almost much more kind of fleeting than that. It wasn't necessarily a kind of a community that people could easily kind of turn up, do the five kilometres and then kind of leave again with kind of minimal kind of interaction. So I was interested almost as this kind of sceptic in terms of whether parkrun were, I guess, kind of embellishing or kind of over-exaggerating some of the things that it was claiming to be able to do. I guess then in terms of the book, the book came from a series of, um, I guess, kind of conversations that were very kind of fortunate for me in terms of um, Simon Simon Whitmore is a commissioning editor at Routledge, and he's also a park runner. Um, So he uh, read my um, initial paper um, on colic Park Run as a case study. and really liked it. So approached me to see whether there would be some seeds there of an actual kind of book um, and part of those conversations were also then about whether it'd be possible to publish a book which wasn't purely academic, purely kind of scholarly, and may therefore be perhaps a bit impenetrable to, to some, but have a kind of a broader kind of audience. So that's kind of how we approached it. So, and and hopefully, and, and, and certainly some of the feedback, I think, from the book has has been kind of true to that, that, um, yeah, it tries to reach out to people that are parkrunners or are interested in parkrun. Um, and basically, give them a, a kind of an overview of where the kind of scholarly literature is, is kind of led us to d- to date. Yeah,
0: I found it really interesting reading the book. Um, just to having all those inputs from obviously lots of different people with different views. It's not sort of just in one, uh, you know. It's not it's not just framed at one direction. It does actually come in, which kind of also counteracts sometimes other people's comments. Um, in the in the book, um, it does. I remember somebody making a comment or a couple of comments about likening it to like going to the church, like a religion, because for them, it gave them a sense of community, of belonging, of shared experience. Why has it become such a sensation? And why do you think people keep running?
1: Yeah, I think this question is kind of central to the kind of the book in terms of trying to understand, yeah, its success as a phenomena. From something that started from these kind of hum- humble beginnings to something which is now got a kind of a global network and huge numbers of people that participate kind of every week. And yes, yeah, certainly in the research that I did and the interviews that I did with kind of park runners, both the people that would do the five kilometres as well as the kind of volunteers, there's a real sense of um, evangelism, I think, about parkrun. I think in many ways parkrun's greatest advocates are the parkrunners themselves in terms of what they put in and what they get out of that kind of experience. So, yeah, I've seen a number of people liken Parkrun to a kind of a religion, um, a a kind of a tribe, um, even a kind of a weird cult. I think in one of my early interviews, someone talked about it being this kind of almost kind of clique, but but almost kind of a friendly type of, of kind of clique. So there is something there which is really interesting and intriguing to look at in terms of why does it foster that, great sense of, of kind of identity and, and evangelism. And I think in many ways, a lot of the, the kind of distinctive features of, of kind of parkrun are quite kind of counterintuitive to that. So I think on the one hand, there's quite a lot around kind of parkrun, which is, um, yeah, very welcoming. So it tries to attract a, a kind of a broad church of, of, of kind of participants. So it's not just about attracting people that are runners but it's about trying to attract people that are sedentary or inactive or definitely wouldn't describe themselves as as being a runner or a kind of a jogger. Um, But there's other kind of components to it. And I think um, there's a lot of focus, particularly within contemporary society at the moment around trying to encourage people to be more physically active. And often that is almost a bit of a kind of a holy grail. How do you kind of motivate somebody to be active when we know most of us would, would kind of know the benefits or the potential benefits from, from, from physical activity and regular physical activity. So there seems to be something about kind of park run that attracts people back week after week whilst not requiring any sense of, of kind of obligation or, or kind of membership. Um, so there's a number of, yeah, really intriguing kind of components to it, just as, um, you know, one of the mantras of park run is it's it's a run and not a race, It should be almost kind of not about the kind of competition. And yet anyone that's been to a park run may well kind of experience in those kind of last few yards to kind of the finish line that you are trying to kind of beat or overtake or kind of stop somebody from overtaking you in terms of that kind of final few yards. It is about tracking your progress in terms of, you know, your PB and hopefully kind of getting better as a kind of a park runner. So I think there's lots of different, really interesting kind of components to parkrun, which, yeah, I guess kind of collectively would explain its kind of growing kind of success and continued success and popularity.
0: I mean, I know I read um, in part of the book and and from my own experience of doing numerous parkruns that Actually, people are very supportive. So you talk about, obviously, that kind of trying to pip someone at the last leg. or And often, if you do do the the same park run, you're often surrounded by very similar people. And there's people there running with, say, a personal coach or someone from a running club, and they're encouraging each other. But it does always seem very encouraging in terms of it doesn't matter if you're at the back. So in those last kind of bunch of people right at the front, people are cheering each other on. And I I read in the book, it was like, it feels genuine. It's not... um, it's not contrived or it's not patronising. It's actually everybody is cheering because they want people to get the best out of themselves. Is that something that you found through the conversations you had?
1: Absolutely. And I think just on that point about, um, yeah, where you kind of finish, again, kind of Parkrun as an organisation have been very keen to have, I guess, a very egalitarian kind of ethos. So they'll have um, this kind of role, which is a volunteer role, where a a volunteer will be the person that will finish each parkrun event last. So already it kind of takes away any potential preconceived kind of stigma of, you know, I I guess for a a kind of a non-runner going for the very first time will think, oh, gosh, I'm going to be the person that's last. And therefore, again, there's inscribed within that there's kind of some negative kind of judgments or kind of connotations and parkrun kind of remove that. But I think going back to your point, there's very much this sense of, of I guess, kind of collectifying. It's this kind of social glue. I often think about parkrun events being almost like kind of a flash mob where, you you know, you're in this kind of open kind of green space getting towards nine o'clock on a Saturday morning. And then all of a sudden, in some cases, you know, hundreds of people kind of just sort of emerge, some with with kind of club vests, athletic vests on, others not. And that, yeah, everybody is there to kind of support one another whether they are trying to kind of gain a kind of a PB and do that five kilometers in a very, very kind of fast time, or whether it's someone that takes nearer to an hour to kind of complete, everybody's there, whether they're participants, whether they're volunteers, whether they're kind of hangers on and of support team and kind of families and so on um, that they're, yeah, they're very much kind of encouraging and supportive of, of one another. And I think, again, that gets to part of the es- essence of Parkrun in terms of, yeah, lots of participants talked about this kind of community or, or kind of family, and therefore there was this sort of sense of, of kind of belonging. On a Saturday morning, this is my, this is my place of, of, going back to that church analogy, this is my kind of place of, of kind of worship. This is where I kind of feel as though I kind of belong.
0: You know, people do come back time after time. And and in the book, I read somewhere about, you know, people's affiliation or how they feel about their own park run and then when they go to others, because there's this, this whole thing about tourism, isn't there? Are you a tourist today? Can you talk us through a little bit about that beginning of the of the event and maybe how how does park run become kind of addictive?
1: So I, I guess I would describe it probably more as a, a, a kind of a, a devotion rather than an, an addiction. And again, if I I kind of think back to some of the interviews that I did, people would talk about how parkrun became part of their regular kind of habitual kind of weekend. So a number of participants talked about how they would kind of curtail their Friday night drinking, knowing that kind of Saturday morning they'd need to be up early and there'd be kind of a parkrun. So it was already kind of bleeding into and kind of feeding into other things that they would kind of do. Um, in terms of yeah, a kind of a Saturday, if you arrive a kind of a park run that is kind of new to you, um, they would always have um, what they call a kind of a briefing. So probably about 10 minutes before the start on a Saturday morning, um, everyone who was there, who's a kind of a tourist. So that's, I guess, the kind of name or the kind of label that's given to those who for, for whom that park run event is, is new to them. You would be... Um, given a short kind of preamble by one of the volunteers who would probably tell you about the course, how it's going to operate and and so on. And often at the kind of then the more formal briefing before the start of a kind of a park run, the kind of race director would also kind of formally kind of welcome those kind of tourists. And often there's a there's a kind of almost a roll call to find out, you know, who's travelled the kind of the furthest for that particular Saturday morning. And again, that's very much kind of celebrated and kind of welcomed. So again, regardless of where you're from, whether it's your home park run, it's your kind of local park run, or whether you've travelled, you know, in some cases, hundreds or kind of thousands of miles to be there, there's very much this sense of, yeah, you you kind of belong, you're, you're made to feel kind of very welcome. So I think in terms of, yeah, this idea about kind of devotion, I think it's very much about kind of habit forming and, and where does it kind of sit within kind of weekends? So uh, yeah, a number of respondents in the research that I did would talk about how, um, you know, this sense of, of kind of accomplishment, that it would become part of what they did as a kind of a family unit or what they do as kind of individuals or take along kind of friends and, and kind of social kind of contacts on a, on a, on a Saturday morning. Um, and they do then become very, um, yeah, effusive an evangelical about that whole kind of experience and what kind of parkrun means to them.
0: I mean, I know from my own experiences. There's obviously kit that you you can purchase that obviously shows how many parkruns you've done and uh, or oh, and where's your home parkrun. I read um, in the book, and I know through talking to other people, it's a, it's a conversation starter too, isn't it? So that's how they we talk about the community too.
1: Absolutely, um, and certainly, yeah, I write in the book about this idea about kind of cultural capital. So that, yeah, if you go along to a kind of park run event, you will see people with kind of park run t-shirts. So there are kind of milestone t-shirts, which are a kind of a reflection of how many park runs you've been able to amass or as a volunteer, the number of volunteering opportunities that you've kind of taken up. As well as yeah, you get kind of park run t-shirts based on your own kind of home kind of park run. I mentioned before about kind of athletic kind of club vests as well. So you've got, again, this kind of, jumble assemblage of, of kind of people um, from yeah different kind of running communities different kind of motivations and I think it just adds to that sense of, of kind of community and kind of camaraderie that Parkrun is very keen to to kind of foster and develop.
0: I mean we know the original ethos of the event was about having fun and being inclusive opportunity for all abilities. I mean do you think they're actually still achieving that. Is that something, I know that that is something you do look at within your book. Is, are, are they achieving it?
1: Yeah, I, I think this is a really interesting question. And I think it's an interesting challenge for kind of Parkrun. So again, I think if you go back to the kind of the early kind of origins of kind of Parkrun, it was based on very inclusive, egalitarian kind of principles or kind of ethos. And it was about almost kind of building a kind of an ecosystem or a kind of a playground where individuals have no kind of obligations but they can kind of get out what they kind of put in Um, and I I use the word kind of malleable or it's kind of pliable quite a lot in the book and I think that's very true to kind of park run that it is almost like what you want it to be for some it is that weekly kind of routine Um, for others it's much more infrequent and they can go along when when they're able to or when they want to. So I think there is something there about how it tries to set up this this kind of ecosystem in terms of trying to be something which is enjoyable, which is socially, um, social, which is kind of emotionally worthwhile, um, and it becomes something that people readily want to kind of commit to. Um, And I guess in doing that, it's tried to, I guess, kind of dismantle or disrupt a lot of the things that we see as conventional in terms of mass participation. Um, So a lot of the kind of traditional, if you compare it to a running club, a traditional conventional kind of running club is very much about, I guess, more in terms of formality, in terms of membership. Um, It's about kind of performance, about kind of development and so on. And I guess to some extent Park Run kind of rips rips those things up. It becomes much more kind of disruptive. And so there are a number of elements which would suggest that it is inclusive, that it is accessible. And I think that's also then reflected in some of the research on the types of people and the demographics. So there's certainly been a number of studies that would talk about how parkrun has been successful or has degrees of success in attracting people that are inactive or sedentary, or certainly wouldn't describe themselves when they register as, certainly not as a runner, as a kind of a, a non-runner. But at the same time, and I guess this gets to the kind of the nub of the question, whilst it's providing a kind of a playground or a kind of an ecosystem, I guess it's thinking about, well, what limits... Does that, or what extent then does that playground or that ecosystem become a, a kind of a welcoming and inclusive one? So I guess part of this is then thinking about, well, how accessible is kind of parkrun? We, we know it's free. We know it's kind of weekly, et cetera. But for some people, it may be more problematic to be able to kind of travel to their kind of local parkrun. Or certainly some parkruns have been almost a victim of their own success in terms of numbers. So things like kind of parking at a local parkrun become become problematic Um, I certainly found in in writing the book and in my own research as well, that there are still kind of pockets where I think parkrun is perhaps not as inclusive as it would certainly want to be. Um, I think one of the things that certainly um, chimed in my own research was the anxieties of first timers, that there's still perhaps a kind of a preconceived idea that parkrun is about running. And it's therefore got images of people that are kind of dressed in Lycra that are athletic, that are already part of kind of running clubs and so on. Um, and again, Park Run, I guess, tries to dismantle and disrupt those kind of preconceived assumptions and ideas. Um, but I guess it's there's perhaps always some limits in which it can success, be successful in in, in doing that. So I think it's done a lot. And clearly it's you, you can see the success in terms of the numbers and being able to reach out to a kind of a broad church of kind of participants but I think there are still some question marks, particularly around how perhaps kind of culturally diverse um, representation is, um, as well as some of the questions about yeah the kind of structure in terms of the nearest park run travel potentially to get there and so on.
0: There's still this idea for, for first timers, they don't know what they're coming to, and is there a bit of a problem then with the title because actually it's called Park Run? So although we're saying it doesn't matter whether you walk or run, or, or, and that's certainly you know what Park Run is trying to achieve—that it's inclusive to all that are trying to be physically active—why why are we still calling it Park Run? I,
1: I try and tease this out in 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 the, in the book in terms of yeah, to what extent is Park Run as as its its, its moniker misleading? And I guess for most people, they still might have their own probably informed by their own memories and thoughts about what running is. So if I think back to my own kind of preconceived ideas about running, I would often think it's something which is fairly mundane or kind of boring. I think back to my own sort of school kind of memories of doing laps of the kind of, the, 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 the kind of playing field. And often for me, it felt like some form of punishment. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an asthmatic, so often I was one of the last people to kind of get round as well. And there was no real kind of pleasure or kind of joy in that. So I'm sure for some particular kind of outsiders who have never seen or taken part in park run, some of those images and some of those perhaps still trying to traditional kind of conventional stereotypes may well kind of exist. And I think park run have, have tried to address some of those things. So quite recently they did a, um, a, a kind of a period of time when it was much more about kind of run-walk rather than kind of park-run. So much more on the emphasis of you know, this is for people that just want to purely kind of walk round rather than than run round. So it is trying to perhaps change some of those those kind of preconceived ideas. Um, the, the former chief executive uh, Nick Pearson, I think, quite tellingly, talks about Park Run being a, a social intervention which masquerades as a running event. So in that sense, it has transformed itself from those those kind of the the, the bushy park origins of that was a running event for runners. It's now in his words, you know, this kind of running event, but in a way it's not really a running event because you don't have to run. You can you can walk, you can jog, you can run and and walk and, and, and so on. So it goes back to this idea about the kind of the malleability of the kind of pliability of kind of park run. But yeah, to go back to the original question, I think that the running bit still has for so many people certain kind of preconceived ideas, which certainly for the first timer and possibly then a very anxious or unsure first timer Maybe still a, a bit of a barrier.
0: What do you think they should be should be doing, maybe, to make parkrun more inclusive?
1: One of the aspects that came out of my my research and sort reading around other kind of pre um, um, um published research, I think is, is is almost about parkrun events being part of the kind of local community, and trying to represent the local community. So I guess it's working with the community as a, as a kind of a, a partner, um, and thinking about how much more kind of representative a local. Uh, parkrun therefore can be. Um, And I say that in that a lot of the research still suggests that even in um, kind of built up urban areas where you might have a a multitude of kind of parkrun events, it tends to be those events which are in the um, more um, affluent, more sort of middle class kind of areas that are the ones that have higher kind of participant kind of numbers. So there might still be something there about, I guess, the kind of socio-economic kind of dimension of of kind of parkrun. And again, the question about the extent to which it can kind of reach out and create that that ecosystem. I think other bits are about, yeah, the kind of championing or the kind of the mentoring. So certainly in my kind of colic um, parkrun research, I think nearly everybody, bar one, had mentioned for the very first time that they went to parkrun, they always went with somebody else. They went kind of accompanied and it was often with somebody that had already been to kind of parkrun previously. So that, again, I guess, is something to to kind of still look at, because, again, you may potentially be limiting your appeal if you are only attracting other people to parkrun that are kind of similar to you. This almost the idea about kind of social capital. And I know, again, some research has kind of touched on this, mm-hmm. that it may be therefore kind of limiting if you're only looking at your own kind of network of, of kind of friends and kind of contacts. Um, I guess the other bits would be building on things like the kind of run walk. It's it's kind of chipping away at the, the kind of the running traditional kind of running kind of connotations and sort of stereotypes.
0: I think I saw that the average time for park run is slower than it previously was. So I mean that in itself is probably describing everything that we know from, from your research is about park run, and maybe that's part of what needs to be out there.
1: Absolutely, and I think yeah, this is a, a really interesting kind of statistic that kind of year on year. Um, the average finishing time at park run has decreased. Um, and some might be listening and thinking, well, that's, that's not something necessary to kind of champion or, or kind of celebrate. But obviously it's then reflective of that broad church of kind of runners that if more and more people are taking longer to get round, then it's a sense of it's not. Uh, a reflection of their athletic kind of ability, but it's about that broad church of kind of participants. So I think that kind of slowing, and, and again, it's something I write about in the book in terms of, you know, taking your time to kind of complete a kind of a park run may also have additional benefits because you're taking in much more of the the kind of the, the local kind of environment, whether it's a kind of a green space, a kind of blue space, thinking about kind of, you know, uh, park runs that happen near, near water, like a kind of uh, colic, um, you may have more chance to interact with others if you're at a much slower pace rather than absolutely kind of sprinting and kind of hooning, hooning, your, hooning around. So, yeah, there are a number of elements of that kind of slowing of kind of park run, which are definitely to be, yeah, perhaps published and, and um, celebrated more widely.
0: David, talking about, obviously, this social interaction, um, I know that after the pandemic, there was quite a bit around getting the adult park run going again. And, and some of those reasons were that people obviously lacked that social interaction, as well as, you know, they were able to be physically active. Can you talk to me a bit about how they had to go about sorting out Parkrun and what were the limitations in getting it up and running again?
1: Yeah, so th- this is really interesting, I think, with kind of Parkrun and one of the, probably the the biggest challenge that Parkrun has had to face t- to date. Um, so back in kind of March 2020, Um, parkrun had to kind of suspend all kind of parkrun events due to the the pandemic Um, and obviously that has um, a huge impact on those individuals for whom parkrun has become the norm and it's part of their identity and part of their their weekly kind of routine so there have been a couple of studies done during the kind of pandemic to try and look at um, the impact of that suspension Um, and obviously and understandably, a number of participants talked about how it would have a negative impact on their well-being, that they would miss that kind of social interaction, that sense of, of kind of community. And so when Parkrun were looking at um restarting, um kind of Parkrun, um, there was a huge degree of, I guess some bit of fear about whether it could restart or not. Um, but also a huge amount of, of kind of bureaucracy and administration. So parkrun and obviously the parkrun events are dependent on a number of kind of different kind of moving com, com, compartments. So you've obviously got the 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 place itself, that kind of green space. So often it's kind of public parts parks. So you're incumbent on um, the local authority to be give to kind of give permission you obviously need the volunteers for the events to to run, and you need the runners themselves. Um, And I think one of the interesting dimensions here was that Parkrun had basically made a decision that if Parkrun was going to be restarted, it couldn't be a kind of an incremental kind of restart. Because the fear was that if you just started with a few events to start with, those events potentially could become, um, you know, magnets for for kind of participants who are so keen to kind of come back to kind of parkrun. And there's no way of, of kind of managing the kind of numbers. You don't have to kind of state your um, intention of going to a kind of parkrun beforehand. You just turn up. Um, so I think that was a real kind of fear that they needed to have all parkrun events starting again on one kind of particular weekend. Um, so I, 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 within um, the book, and, and I know Nick Pearson, who was the chief executive at the time, talked about Parkrun feeling like something of a, a political kind of football, that they felt as though they were kind of in the middle of something being buffeted about, whilst knowing that restarting Parkrun was so important for so many people, as you mentioned about that that social side and having those sort of um, f- informal kind of albeit fleeting kind of interactions with other people. Um, And so, yeah, ultimately, they were able to kind of restart it. But I think there were some real fears before that point about whether it would be able to kind of come back Um, and some doubts, I guess, whether people would return um, and whether it would be as successful as it was kind of pre kind of pandemic. Um, And certainly it's, it's still, I guess, relatively early days in terms of the research here, but there still seems to be some question marks about for some people, whether they have returned to kind of park run. And I think, again, that speaks to that idea about it being part of somebody's kind of habit and part of their kind of routine. And if they fall out of that, how easy is it to kind of reinstate that to be part of people's kind of regular kind of weekly kind of weekend kind of patterns?
0: Whilst doing all this research and obviously speaking to so many park runners, was there anything that surprised you?
1: Um, I think when I did my colic research, I think one of the most surprising things was um I kind of went out thinking that this was about friendships and kind of bonds being kind of built. Um, and I and I used this idea, it comes from um Robert Putnam about kind of social capital, about the kind of bonds and the bridges and the links that people would make at Parkrun. But actually what I found was that very few people would talk about kind of friendships or meeting up with others outside of, of kind of parkrun events. So it felt as though it was much more kind of weaker in terms of those sort of, sort of social ties. Um, so what it led me to, to look at was a, a very different conceptual uh, lens, which is the, the work of Ray Oldenburg, who talks about um, third spaces, Um, So third spaces are likened to things like kind of coffee shops, um, kind of libraries, uh, pubs. So kind of social spaces where people kind of uh, congregate, they kind of coalesce. You still have things like kind of regulars, people that are always there and they then become part of the almost the furniture, the feature of those kind of spaces. But they're still very informal. You know, there's no obligation to kind of be there. So it's those kind of weaker sort of social ties while still providing some sort of civic kind of duty or function that I found, yeah, probably the most surprising part of the, the research.
0: For our listeners who have, you know, been inspired today and never done a park run before, how do they actually get involved?
1: Yeah, so park run is, is very simple to, to get involved. And part of its success is that simplicity. So there's just a one-off uh, registration that you'd need to do, which you do online. Um, And that basically means that you have your own barcode, and it's the barcode that you then scan at the end of a 5K um, event that you take part in. So you need a barcode, so it's a one-off registration that you do online, and then it's about finding your nearest parkrun, which, as we mentioned previously, the kind of geographic kind of distance in terms of your local parkrun has been reduced um, quite evidently. So there's probably a park run within a few miles of, of wherever you you live. Um, and it's really a case then of, of just going going along and, and turning up and, and, and finding out about park run. Um, I should also add that there is a Saturday park run. So park runs happen every Saturday at nine o'clock, 9am. 9 but there is also a junior park run. Um, so... If you have um, sons, daughters, um, you know, grandchildren, et cetera, so age between 4 and 14, that takes place on a Sunday morning at uh, 9am, and it's a two kilometre um, distance. Um, so again, much more kind of inclusive. So there's both parkrun and junior parkrun that you can take part in.
0: David, thank you so much for joining, joining me today. It's been really interesting and it has made me think that I should perhaps get myself back to a, a Saturday morning parkrun or even a week or a Sunday with, with my children.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a real pleasure.
0: If you wish to find out more about David's research or his book, Park Run, An Organised Running Revolution, please see the episode description. You've been listening to the Research Reimagined podcast by Nottingham Trent University. For all of the latest news from the research community at NTU, follow us on Twitter at NTU underscore research or sign up to our research newsletter by visiting NTU.ac.uk forward slash research. Thanks for listening.